we are missionaries now in our society, in our neighbours, in our neighbourhood. Um, and that mission is here. It's not elsewhere. It's here. Mm. And so what can we do as a church to, to participate in that and through that grow? Like I, I talk about growth before and I talk about growth now because I see so many people, you know, including ourselves when we first began, sitting in these pews. Yes, we love God and we, we have this great relationship with Jesus and we, we foster that and we centre ourselves on that. But what else are we doing about it? Like, you know, and, and it, it bothers me. It bothers me to go, we're just coming here to pray and then what? Um, and, and it's that notion of we can be so much better and we have to challenge ourselves to be better. Each parish, each leader, each our parishioner, um, each community member needs to challenge them to go, what can I do better in as a Christian, as my identity in God, as God's daughter, favoured daughter, yeah. as God's um, friend, as Jesus' disciple, what can I do better um, and, not, and not be content at, oh, yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. Welcome to the Huntley Leadership Podcast. Helping leaders be a positive catalyst in the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Huntley Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Huntley. Sometimes I get asked what I do and how I do it. You know, at the, at the heart of it is I work with people who have this unbelievable belief in Jesus, this passion that more is possible, and this humility to go on a journey with Christ to get results that don't make any sense. Because if you don't have that, I can't help you. If you don't believe that, if you don't want that, if you don't desire that, if you're not willing to go the distance, do whatever it takes to get from here to there, I can't help. But for those people that do believe that that's possible and are willing to sacrifice, to, to suffer, to deal with the pain it takes to get from here to there for cultural transformations of dioceses and of parishes, those are the people I work with. And so if that's you, give us a call, connect with HuntleyLeadership.com and let's begin to have some conversations about how the greatness that God's deposited in you and your call can come to life. I love when Jesus says that I didn't come to strike away any of the letters of the law. I came to fulfill it. And I think so often in our own personal life, whether we're a clergy or not, we have this sense of, of, of greatness in us that, that can sometimes be unfulfilled. And that's disappointing. But even if it remains unfulfilled, if we go on that journey, it's the ultimate adventure. And really, that's what coaching and parish renewal and diocesan renewal is all about. And I believe that's what God is calling the church to. And today, I'm so excited to have two friends from Melbourne joining me who are on mission. I love these people. Carlos and Jacinta are on mission. They live with purpose and passion. And so in today's episode, we're going to make it very relevant to what they're doing, but you're going to be able to bridge that gap between who you are, what the call is on your life and what God's asking you to do. And it's just so exciting. Today's conversation is going to also unpack what's happening with Alpha, Chinese Alpha in a Catholic context. And so maybe Jacinta, I'll ask you to put in perspective your church, the context of it for our listeners so that'll just fire up this conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ron. Um, you know, always a pleasure to be talking to you to, to, tonight. And I think, yes, yeah, so our, our parish and our community, um, 
is a migrant community. So it is based on we were founded by people who had migrated into Australia um, from primarily from Hong Kong and from bits of China, um, and they've just come into this new country, um, but with a faith. And so we gather uh, primarily because of our faith. And so in, in our name, we ha- we have Catholic Chinese community. Our Catholic identity always comes first. And so that is a little bit about our community. And we've been here for about more than thirty years now. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely under you know seen a, a lot of ups and downs, um, changes. Um, you know, with you know. Pastors moving on, um, people, chaplains moving on, um, also different phases of people coming in and out of migration. You know, we're very responsive to what happens with migration, especially being a migrant community. Um, and so people coming in and out and the different generations coming in also, um, whether it's from the first-hand migrants or whether it's, you know, more recent migrants. Um, so this is sort of the, the makeup of our community. Beautiful. And what does that look like from a leadership structure perspective? And and how do you guys get involved with that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, with every starting of a migrant community, I know we used to, you know, just everybody had to chip in to do something, including like pack the church chairs because we were rotating a church every week. And so we didn't have a place. We didn't have an address that we were set at. And so, you know, it started off with all the culture of just people pitching in one at a time, whatever you could um, to make this community work. And obviously we've moved on from that and we have our own sort of um, leadership structure that runs and helps the the chaplain that comes in um, with all the sort of admin work, I suppose, and all the things that is necessary to make the community run, but also our own pastoral council who does a lot of the pastoring um, work, including our our Sunday schools, our RCIAs, our liturgy, our youth groups, all of them are encompassed under the pastoral council. And so for us as, as lay people, we have every opportunity to serve up if we feel the call to go, yep, let's take on something, let's participate in something. And I think it often starts with that small, um, you know, participation mm. in the in whatever God feels that, you know, whatever you feel God's calling you to. It could be as simple as stacking chairs, like I mentioned before. But from there, from stacking chairs, what's the next thing, right? And then often those roles end up to be bigger roles and then you end up to be, okay, well, now you could help other people stack chairs. And um, <laughs> it's that it's an ongoing journey of because now you've walked the journey, help others yeah. do the same. Mm. And so it sounds like this is, it's a neat structure and I don't want it to get lost on our listeners. You got to hear this. They have a chaplain that comes in that I'm guessing celebrates the sacraments, but the leadership comes from a council in terms of the different parts and components, I suppose, of Catholic Church. Where does the vision come from? Mm, that's a great question, Ron. <laughs> I think, um, you know, the, the vision um, has obviously when we had a founder, the priest that founded the community, it, it started with him um, mm. and because he had this great heart for the migrant community, for the migrant that was coming in. The vision was started with him. When he passed away um, and left our community, um, obviously we had other chaplains coming in to help. Um, and, and then we started taking on, I think, the lay, the people that were remaining, um, started mm. on taking more of that vision and go, well, what is the purpose of our existence? Why do we even exist? Should we even exist, right? Those bigger questions. And by answering those, um, we had to figure out where was our community really heading. And I think it's, you know, if you talk about who carries the vision in in our community, I think it's a collaboration between 
the pastoral council and the leadership group who've been there for have seen the changes, who've seen everything that's happened, and and the new chaplain who've come in and looked at it with a new perspective and go, hey, maybe maybe this community needs something else like that. I, I think it's like you know, does do do people exist for the church, or does the church exist for the people? Yeah. So as part of the, I guess, um, a bit different because, you know, Ron, you want to touch on this point as sort of an ethnic community um, parish. Yeah. Um, as So I guess it's less about geography mm. and uh, it's more about um, identity, identity yeah. of, of Chinese. And we do ask that mm. question because, I, you know, in, in one sense, you would say if we if there's less and less Chinese migration, then in the fourth third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation, it should be integrated into the, for us, the Australia Melbourne diocese. Mm -hmm. And that, that's certainly one direction. And we've been discerning about that. Mm -hmm. But I guess it born out of um, a wave of migration from the Chinese mm -hmm. and to celebrate it in their culture. And we, we're going to touch on Chinese alpha. So this local contextualization, the yes. power of localization. So in fact, what we what we started to see is our children speaks English, and then those carry on. And I think in time, it makes sense that maybe there's less and less need of this Chinese mm -hmm. community. But at this point in time, hence I'm sort of talking about the people for the church or church for the people responding to the need of the people. Mm -hmm. We started to see absolutely we have a role to play. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we were quite surprised. Only recently, we were just doing actually doing some alpha training yes. with um, some new 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 participant, uh, new 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 hosts and helpers, and new 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 people. And I was actually wrote the training and sort of um, little. We were doing role plays, and I wrote the roles in English. And the the, the two sort of more, um, I would say, not would say elderly, probably um, old, middle age um, helpers. They said, I I can't actually read what you say. Like I can read simple English, but what you wrote, I don't really get what you're saying. Right. And it sort of dawned on us that the Chinese culture really still has a role to play because there are people who still connect to the faith, deepen the faith through the Chinese, the, the, the Chinese culture. Now we, we get fed in English uh, ourselves, but we also see the beauty of the Chinese and, and combining the two. Why I touch on that too, therefore, is um, – as new migrants are now, because of what's the um, situation in Hong Kong and China, there's more and more new new migration. Hmm. They are behaving like first migrants, so they are in they they desperately want um, hmm. to explore their faith or connect with their faith or through the faith believe derive a sense of belonging through hmm. the Chinese culture. And then because of migration, the opportunity to then evangelize, connect and build relationships use, through, through the same culture expands greater and greater. So I would say at this point in time, absolutely, we feel um, a mission, a passion and a call to um, continue on um, with the ministry and the mission of um, a Catholic Chinese community. And we see that all across Australia um, for, for us yeah it's so fun because what you're saying and this is important because i work with a lot of um order order priests and you know they all have a founder too just like the founder of your community right he would have had a vision right and a passion for the immigrants that's what it's those are birthed out of but then he passes and then it's not it's very easy to see vision die 
like vision leaks and so it gets it can be diluted and then you get new people in. and so it's an interesting journey that you're going through as a church and i think every church needs to go through that every order needs to go through that every diocese why do we exist like those big existential questions like do we still have a purpose and if our purpose is no longer relevant in our culture then we need to be able to walk away from it. Like we're not going to keep this just to honor our founder if it's no longer relevant. And that's such a healthy way of looking at it because some people will like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're still going to wear Southwester hats and play the juice harp. Why? (laughs) Because that's what our founder did. Who cares? Like, like, like what's our bigger purpose? And it's to bring people to Christ, to fall in love with people, help them fall in love with Jesus and the sacraments and the, and the richness of the the faith that Jesus passed on. And so I love how you're evaluating that as an organization, as a group, as you continue to journey through that. It's not easy because people have different attachments to different things. And so to always keep first things first is not easy. But as I hear you talk about it, I hear this very mature um, capacity to keep first things first, not lose your identity, but not have your identity in the wrong things. It's really cool. That's awesome. And that's so- how we connected in the first place, Ron, too, right? Um, when we sort of looked at ourselves and see whether we were in a maintenance mode, leveraging divine mm. renovation, the yes. concept, were, as you say, the founder and the mission, are we just maintaining that, that, that vision or mm-hmm. do we actually have a greater mission and purpose and rediscover what that greater mission and purpose is? And we find that beginning with that journey, it has a, that, that's part of re- the, the renovation that's been mm. happening at our parish. That's so cool. That's a good point. When you rediscover your mission and purpose, that's when that's when your passion bucket gets filled again. And if your passion bucket isn't full, you'll never be able to bring out bring about a renovation that's going to make a darn difference in the world. It takes a lot of passion to overcome the obstacles to create a better future. And uh, and that's a great way to say it. When we rediscover our mission and our purpose and every now and again, no matter who you are, even personally, who am I? Why do I exist? We need to ask those questions as a community, as an individual, hopefully in prayer with God and the discernment of the Holy Spirit and get our passion buckets refilled. And I know as this podcast will come out, it'll be the beginning of a new ministry year in North America because ours all fire up in September, October. And uh, and hopefully that will resonate with you. So what have you guys learned as you've kind of gone on this journey? Where do you fit in and how is God kind of walking with you? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I think, you know, starting from that, um, Ron, you, you took us through APEST. And so wouldn't be surprising to to actually share here. We're both A&Es. And so what that means is we we love going forward. We love walking fast. We love pulling people along with us. We love, you know, starting new projects all the time. It's our passion. <laughs> but but one thing we really, you know, we really had to learn was not um, not to judge people who are walking slower than us, not mm. to not to blame them for not seeing what we see, mm. um, not to, um, you know, have this, have this sort of, you know, why isn't this that way and why isn't that that way, that questioning, uh, but, but in a healthy content, still yes. question it and still find answers to mm. those questions, um, but not 
putting it on people themselves. And I think that's one of the things that we've definitely um, grown in, in per se, um, in this, you know, in this journey walking forward. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, it's the, it's the famous uh, African proverb, right? If you want to go quick, go alone or go as a couple. But if you want to go far, <laughs> go as a team. Yeah. And probably, you know, Ron, for us, the, the biggest learning and mm. is, is team building. And that's actually leadership. Yeah. Um, and in a way, it's how to be, how, how to, you know, talk about going fast. It's like, you know, putting seeds into the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, try to speed it up. In fact, you know, what we used to do was we, we you know, we would get so impatient, we would dig up the soil and go, hey, it's not, the seed's not working. <laughs> what we've really learned to be a, maybe a more mature A&E is, mm. yes, those seeds are casted, but you've got to work together to keep watering it, be patient, bring everyone on the journey, because that, the ultimate change is changing the culture. Mm. Um, and then actually back to what you said about rediscovering that passion, I would say for, for me, and, and I think for us, um, with the A&E, you know, combined, it's actually to, that, that, that passion and vision begins with dreaming again. Mm-hmm. to declare big dreams, mm-hmm. to dare to dream. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the maintenance mode because when you're in maintenance mode, you're not dreaming. You're, no, you're maintaining. it's just efficiencies. You're just trying to do so, things well. And Correct. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you talk about sort of who drives that, well, actually for us as a migrant community, is the lay, the migrant community defines that bigger dream, mm-hmm. that bigger vision. And I guess you, well, intuitive fences would say, you know, is whoever has the biggest dream. Um, so when we um, become recognized that A and the E and discern that is declaring the big dreams. Yeah. Um, so our role uh, to initially through actually development innovation, the five-year plan mm-hmm. and how we connected with you in, in, in our work in the last, wow, it's been a while now, it's been in the last four or five years, has been to begin speaking out that dream and to um, have others on board and mm. the power we see when other people take that dream and drive it even further because their charism, their passion, their mission starts mm. to go, well, I can play a part through this way. Mm. So yeah, it's being how to, well, really that this still is how to create a leadership culture and be a better leader. Right. And, mm. and often, you know, there's two things that come to mind. It's asking that question. What is that, you know, because we all only have 24 hours in a day and even as A&Es, we only have 24 hours, which makes it hard. <laughs> but, but, but you've got to ask that question. What is the one thing that I'm going to put everything on because it's going to change? It's going to make a difference. Mm. It's going to make a massive difference. What is that one thing? that God, you are telling me to do that no one else can do mm. um, and that it's going to make the massive difference because we are so tempted to do everything and step our foot in everything and put our hands in everything. Um, but often God's saying, no, 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 just focus on that one thing and do that mm. well. By doing that well, it means growing yourself. It means, you know, we yes. always challenge ourselves. We have to grow ourselves. You know, we can't just stop because we have the vision. No, 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 no. It's like everything that we do, how can we push ourselves to first grow? Because then we can't lead a team. We can't lead the people in our team. We can't talk and solve the issues and talk to the people and discover their talents if we don't discover what we have, if we don't grow 
what, what God's given in us. And so the, and the seeds that have been sown in us, if we don't cultivate that, we can't bear fruit. We can't help others bear fruit. And I want to just add a little extra wow. point too about the, one of the things that, and, and, and we've been really blessed to be connected with you, Ron, because something that you showed us and you helped us with, and we now bring forth with that and through other things that we do really is beginning with not just speaking the dream now is actually speaking belief. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can have the dream. Speaking belief is number one. I believe this will happen. Mm-hmm. I believe we're going to have a vibrant church. I believe, I believe um, our ministry is anointed. And, and I think what's really powerful is when we see, look at someone and say, I believe in you. And we haven't seen that quite a lot, well, maybe Chinese as well. We only speak about our culture. Sure. Um, people are quite humble. Um, people tend to tend to shy away and say, no, 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 no. Um, but we begin a culture of actually acknowledging and ch- and acknowledging people's um, strengths and talents and, and, and shout them out. Mm. Um, and when we also begin to speak belief into people to say, well, what we believe in you. And Ron, you spoke belief into us told us what we are capable of. And um, we said, okay, well, not, not many. And we found that there hasn't been a lot of people that speak belief into us and we've seen the power mm. of that. And now we continue that legacy. That's really beautiful. That's beautiful. So, so many things I'm hearing in that, that get me really excited. You talked about, and I, and I do believe this is the evolution of leaders that you talked about the African proverb, you know, go fast, just the two of us, because we're both apostolic and evangelistic. So here we go, look out. And that is the sign of, a, of um, an immature, uh, and I'm apostle, I'm NAE as well. <laughs> and so no wonder we get along so well. Uh, and so, but it's the speed of one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. That's a sign of immature apostles. And I can see it in my own life. I look back at my life and I go, oh, gosh, <laughs> I get really excited about things. I get really passionate. I pull people in and then I go off the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And, and there's a maturing that can take place, but not without that attitude you talked about just into of we realize that we need to grow. We need to evolve. We need to continue to model and live out these principles in ourselves, not just call out good ideas, share vision, and then run off and wonder why people aren't doing it. It's like, no, you need to invest in people. And so that takes time. And for people who are apostolic and have big dreams and good ideas, like, I don't want to spend the time. There's too much opportunity out there, people. Like, But it's like there's this tension and it's a healthy tension to invest. And so how have you started to invest? What tools have been, and maybe this is where Alpha fits in, I don't know. But but how, what does that, how is that maturing in your charisms? How has that been lived out? I think first of all, really is um, I well I've they're leveraging that 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 proverb or that, that analogy. Um, yes, we do want to go far, go as a team, and the power of that too is because you are inviting more people to bring their creative energy mm. into a vision versus this is the vision, this is what we're going to do. We're going to roll out this plan. We're going to run alpha. We're going to do this. And we just need people to do things. Right. No, it's, this is our vision. Would you, um, do you see yourself discern to participate in this vision and bring your creative energy? And it's actually then being patient to allow the team to 
bring and, and discover through that process. So yes, it is for us, a part of that has been through alpha and through a lot of our alpha work. And it's also the way we've, I think this is, we're up to the alpha number six now. And mm. since we began the, this this new journey and the we have seen the team evolve. In fact, we now have people who are participating into our new alpha team to experience the culture. They said, I've just seen people who, 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 who've gone through this alpha team and they come out with a different energy mm-hmm. and they go, I want to experience that culture. And what we're so blessed to see is then people who then with the alpha team, they bring that culture into their own new ministries and different ministries. And, and I think I want to add here, you know, when you talk about vision with, um, as, as opposed to galvanizing people into your teams, yes, you can talk about vision. Um, and they may not necessarily get all that you are saying, mm, yes. but what they do get is your conviction, your conviction, yes. what your conviction in what you are saying is what gets them into the team, Oof. not because they believe what you are saying is true. I love it. And, and, and I think that for us has been, you know, we've seen it and people don't understand really what alpha, how's this going to change our community? But if you say so, and if you believe it so much, then I'm on board. And I think we often, um, you know, it, anything, I mean, in life, it comes with yeah. a conviction. If, if someone talks to you about something they're convicted of, you go, wow, yeah, maybe. Um, but it has to start with that conviction and the leaders have to carry it. I love oh. that. Like, can, I, can I just repeat that in my phrase because that's <laughs> so powerful. Uh, and I want to share that with everyone, whoever's listening, because when you drive a vision or dream or mm. or a lead that people don't necessarily have to believe in what you are doing, Mm. which is crazy. People don't necessarily have to believe in what you said. People just have to believe that you believe what you are saying. So when we declare, look, um, this is, we're going to draw alpha, alpha. We just, be- mm. actually part of it, we believe in what you said, Ron. <laughs> you believe what you said. We said, we believe that alpha will, is the tool we'll leverage. It will bring transformation if we do alpha right. Mm. Um, and we just kept speaking it and we declaring a bigger dream. Um, and people start going, okay, well, I'll help out if you believe what you're doing. <laughs> so and let me yeah. yeah, yeah, go, go, Ron. Let me ask you: At what point? That's really neat. Uh, just a bunch of stories just popped up in my head as soon as you guys were saying those things. But at what point? Because you said, "Well, Ron, you really believe." Because you're you had your five year plan, which is so it was it's so cool. It's so cool, and just bringing all those principles to life and laying it out and and. And I remember at that point, you guys are like, okay, our job's done. Like, what's next? And it's like, well, <laughs> no, it's actually just starting. <laughs> like, I know it took a long time to do that. And you did a great job and you brought in a lot of voices and you just did it expertly. But that was literally day one uh, of, of the next phase. And it's like, ah. Uh, and, and so you're right. Like, I'm saying to you guys, hey, this is what it could look like. And this is what it's going to take. And you guys be- dared to believe at what point did my passion and belief what at what point did you become believers for yourselves like at what point did you go holy smokes this is actually working like what did that look like <laughs> when we saw transformation yes that, and that's as simple as give that. me an um, example or some examples oh uh, look 
lots of examples. I mean, um, stories flying in my head. When when you have someone, um, won't name names. Um, when you have someone who, after an experience with Alpha or with 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 the with with the changes and with what we bring about, says, Mm -hmm. um, for example, I've never seen my husband going to church with me all these years. He has never kneeled, never. He's always stood and sat. After he, I'd, after he went through Alpha with you guys, I saw him kneel. And she was in tears, and I was in tears. Now, to, to some people, it's what's what's the big deal? You know, people go to church on Sunday, and someone just kneeled. But that testimony of, I know my husband. Yes, he kneeled. Something changed. Mm. We've got many of these stories. Um, another lady that said, my husband, when we sing the Our Father, people hold hands and all that stuff. He never held hands. He's, 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 he held hands for the first time. Right. And he's still holding hands. What change? And the, 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 this situation, the husband didn't even participate in Alpha. He just um, happened to be babysitting and looking after kids on the Alpha weekend and, and just joined in with certain things. And something switched. So, I, I, for me, um, is when we saw transformation. Yeah, and I think it? it's um, you know, Cass, you're, you're so right. Um, it, and it's that transformation, not just in the guests. It was in the team ah, members, yes, the yes, people yes. that have been sitting in our pews for so long, and they were invited to become that team. We have a, a team member who's been part of um, our alpha since day one with us. You know, six alphas. He's done, she's done six alphas, and. And every, every, at every ever, we keep wondering, oh, maybe would she say no this time? You know, maybe it's time that she will move on to something else. But no, she keeps coming back because she believed in it so much. Mm. Um, and in fact, um, her transformation was, was very apparent from day one when she first started out the alpha journey with us, her preconception of what this was going to be about. How are we going to, how am I going to play a role in to now to be able to encourage other people, the new members that are coming on team to actually letting them um, take the reins to helping them do the prayers. And, and I think when you see transformer like that, um, it's real and it, it makes you think, wow, um, what Ron said was right. We're only at baby steps, but baby steps compounded over time is yes. going to be a big bang. And, and may Amen. I do a plug for everyone who's thinking about Alpha Team? Mm. What we articulate, I would say it, you only see that from the Alpha Team's vantage point and that perspective. Yep. As a participant, you don't see what we said. Mm-hmm. Um, on team, you do. And yes. yeah, not just the participants' transformation. I think what also touches our heart deeply is the transformation of people Without on team, team. Yeah. Right. Um, and their, their change. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. I, I heard uh, uh, my friend Bev Eisner once said, stopped me in the hallway one day. She says, Ron, I finally get it. I'm like, okay, what do you get? She says, your alpha experience isn't over until you've given it away. And so I think there's an evolution of experiencing it as a guest coming back and serving on team and getting to see what that looks like. And then inviting friends who are from the periphery into that experience to encounter Christ at the end of the day. It's not about Alpha, it's about Jesus. And, and Alpha is a tool to, to, to facilitate that encounter. And it's just so beautiful. I remember, again, just getting back to your point uh, about, you know, 
they don't have to believe what you believe, but they have to believe you believe what you believe. <laughs> yes. And I remember we got up and when we launched Alpha at St. Benedict Parish, we did it with just such vigor and conviction, both Father James and I, and, and we we're hoping to get 40 people to be on the first team. His father James doesn't do anything small. I was saying, we should probably just start with a pilot team and then grow from there. He's like, no, we've been doing this for years. We got this. And so, so it was guns blazing into this new parish and, and 160 people stepped forward to be on team. Uh, and, you know, 80% of them never even heard the word alpha before, had no idea it was, a, you know. And so it was really funny to to be a part of that explosion of enthusiasm. But I'll never forget this one deacon guy. You know, partway through the experience, he said to me, Ron, the only reason I'm doing Alpha and giving it another chance is because you guys seem so excited about it and you believe it's going to make a difference. But here's the deal. I did it years ago in my other church. It was horrible. You know, the priest would come, turn on the video, and then he'd fall asleep at the table and we'd all just be looking at each other awkwardly. It was it was anything but exciting. It was anything but fun. It didn't change anybody's life and it had no impact. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Alpha can literally have zero impact when done poorly. Um, but he said, I'm going to trust you. And it was so fun because he did. He didn't believe what I was saying. But he believed I believed what I was saying. And so he gave it a second chance. And lo and behold, it just it was he just became the biggest fan and so what you're saying is true and so so often people approach leadership with their head like here's the plan here's the ideas here's what's working elsewhere so here's what we're going to do it's like you look really smart but you don't look one bit passionate and so it's like you think that's the best thing to do but there's no passion behind it. And so you could be right. I'm still not going to follow it because you don't look too excited about it. So why in the heck am I going to take all this time away from my family, all this time away from my hobbies and the things I enjoy to follow a really smart person with no passion? Like, I'm just not going to, I don't care how holy you are or how smart you are. I actually don't care because there is zero passion in that bucket of yours and you're not winning me over because you have a good idea. I need to see belief and that's what you talk about and I just love that. I hope I hope everybody hears that. And it's not just from the clergy. It's from you whoever's listening. It's you. <laughs> What's God calling you to and are you passionate about your purpose and your mission because if you are, even in your ministry, why can't your personal ministry be the most exciting, dynamic, life-giving ministry in your entire church so that everybody else looks at your ministry and says, "Geez, I didn't think taking communion to the homebound was that exciting but everybody's clamoring to be a part of your ministry why because you understand your purpose and your mission and that creates passion but if your yeah. passion bucket isn't full don't expect anybody to follow you man they just won't yeah Love and you said you know, passion passion you know means suffering right mm. and belief it's it's, it's, it's challenging it, it's not you know, um, you know, rainbows and, and, and berries and, and chocolate. It, it, and, and I think that the biggest test for belief and leader is when others do not believe in you. It's exactly that, right? People, it's easy to say like, oh, you did, pe people don't have to believe what you say is how much they believe you believe. Actually, when we went through our journey too, um, mm. people would, there's a lots of questions 
like lots of challenges. Like, why are you running this? Out like, of the goodness of their heart. Out of the goodness of their heart, yes. you know, like Carlos and Jacinda, yeah. we really care for you. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> or or, or, or there's, there's lots of, what I'm you. saying is there's lots of weeds, you know, there were yeah. gospel earlier. Um, right. Well, if you believe it's a seed, what's belief? Mm. Um, what do you do? And 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 holding on to and declaring that belief mm-hmm. and in, in a way that that wrestling that belief with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, it's that revelation when you go, yes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, today we, we are, we, we, it's, we, our, our, our seeds have a little shoot. So we are speaking with a bit more confident, but sometimes the hardest is when you mm-hmm. put the seed into the soil and you see nothing. And you see nothing. Correct. And, and then people don't believe in on you. watering. Yeah. knowing that it will it will it will sprout at a time that you cannot predict mm, that is so important i'm so glad you said that because there are people that will actively not believe in you and talk other people into not believing in you and and that's the paradox of leadership like there you're i i've never been in a situation where everybody's on board ever uh, i've always had naysayers and haters in, in the midst of the community like this is, and and that's normal yes. and so if you're experiencing that go oh, i can't do it because i have people that are resisting me well it's like welcome to the club like i've always had actually most people doubting me and some people believing in me that's all that's 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 it like it's, it's you don't need everybody and you know bishops sometimes in their diocese like well not everybody wants to do this well it's like nobody ever wants to not you never get everybody wanting to do anything and so all you need is a few and then make believers out of people by bringing to life the very thing that God has called you to. And that's why prayer is so important, because if you're not connected to what God is calling you to, you're just going on your ego or your your education. And that's never going to be enough. You have to go on the call. And this is a this is Holy Communion. <laughs> this is the lived experience of Holy Communion. Being in Holy Communion is is being one with Christ. And then trusting that even though all the odds are stacked against you, you know, like Moses, like it was a terrible idea. What he did was a terrible idea, but he did it out of obedience. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Like it's yeah. like he took those people out of slavery and, and got them quite a long way down the road to the promised land. He didn't get them to the promised land, but he got them well on their way and then raised up leaders around him so that the next generation of leaders got them to where God was calling them to go. So beautiful, but... It's hope against all hope. So let's talk, let's transition in this moment to Chinese alpha and Chinese Catholic alpha. Like you guys shared that with me and I'm like, my mind just went because I heard about the Chinese alpha and I'm so excited. And then you said something about the Chinese alpha in a Catholic context. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Is there two and why? And because there's only one in English, why is there two in Chinese? So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, so the obviously we've got the Alpha film series, which everybody knows about, which is in the English. And a few years ago, because you know Nikki and the team and everyone on Alpha saw the need um, to actually do a Chinese Alpha. Why? Because of the rising population that they saw that you know if we could touch the hearts of Chinese people. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And already, I mean, not to say that a lot of Chinese people were already doing, you know, the, the mm-hmm. film series in um, sort of the translated way, but but there's something different. They knew that there was something different about 
Chinese speaker, people, Chinese testimonies, Chinese mm-hmm. pastors and priests speaking to their, their people, Chinese population. And I think when they recognised that they, Alpha um, decided to, you know, fund this big project, um, all filmed in China, mostly filmed in China, um, and now it's gone viral. And I think it's it's been a great thing. And for us, it was like, okay, yes, we love the Chinese Alpha series because it speaks to our people. Yes. But there's one thing that is a little bit missing, and that is probably our annoyance because of the Chinese language, is, is that it actually makes a difference in Chinese, um, certain words that we are, we just, we just differ from the Protestant church in how we express things like the Holy Spirit, things like um, even God the Father. And I think when these little things pop up, you just go, oh, it's just missing a little bit touch of what everyone's more familiar with. And um, and look, yeah. we are just so grateful, and we will say that publicly, um, to Alpha and, and the discernment yes. to yes. not only develop Chinese Alpha, but to go really that extra mile to develop Chinese Alpha in the Catholic context. Yes. And we've seen a few episodes already. And um, again, thanks to them. It, wa- it wasn't just, okay, well, we'll just insert, we'll just change a few words. Mm. They've actually filmed additional um, footage yeah. that is specific for Catholics and ap- Catholic um, testimonies. And I want to articulate how powerful it is um, to, to share with you, Ron. So um, originally, so there's also, thanks to them, it's also in Chinese and Cantonese, there's all the different dialects. So the the, the, the dialect that was first came out is the, pop, the, the most popular, the most spoken Chinese, which is Mandarin. Um, my mother doesn't really understand Mandarin. She has to sort of get to it and she has to read the subtitles. And I showed her episode one. She was like, ah, oh, look, I don't really understand Chinese. It's not in my language. And at the end, she was in tears, hmm. streaming. And I said, wow, you don't really understand the language like that well. It touched you that much. And this is the power of having testimonies in your own culture. So I think what it, for example, Ron, um, the, 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 the current film series in the English context, the testimonies, they speak of, I guess, people's transformation. They are, they, they, they are not stories that deeply for people from a different culture, like Chinese. So, for example, I'll just go straight to it. What are the Chinese, um, they start off the film series literally talking about busyness. We are so busy in our lives. We put so much time into our work. Success. Into success mm. that we are wealth. blinded. Wealth. And we are just, we are unclear of what, what life is all about. Mm. The, that simple thing about, I put so much effort into my work and work has stopped me from seeking faith and I'm lost and it t- t- took me down the, uh, 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 the wrong path. That testimony rings so deep to a lot of people from the Chinese culture. So in a way, because it's in a different context in that contextualize, um, we, well, we, we believe, we truly believe that this um, Chinese alpha and the Catholic context that just landed, well, a month ago, a few weeks ago, it's really going to create a massive wave of change um, for the whole church. Absolutely. It will. 
You know, it's funny, you know, you, sometimes you can't win for losing. I think about Alpha and, you know, I've been in hotel rooms when Father James and I were traveling as they're putting another series of films together and they've sent Father James the, the um, script uh, to get his feedback on it, to make sure that it lands with Catholics as well, right? They're so intentional about being so inclusive so that all mainstream traditions can can come on board and aside. And I just really appreciate their sensitivity so that this tool can continue to be used in all kinds of different contexts because that's their vision to come alongside the local church to bring people home to yeah. Christ, right? Like that's their vision. They're not telling people how to run their churches. They're not trying to put one form of ecclesiology into place. Like they have their own as Anglicans, but they're not trying to force that on anybody else. Um, and they're always so sensitive to it, but, but you know, and then you get some people, well, it's not Catholic. Well, oh my gosh, like they're not Catholic for heaven's sakes, um, but they're really trying to make it as, as um, what we share in common. So get over the Catholic thing, spend the rest of your time post-alpha helping people to fall in love with the sacraments and the things that make us specifically Catholic. Um, and most people have gotten over that. They sure have. But then on their side, like somebody like, why are you helping Catholics? Why do you give a rip about them? Aren't they all going to hell anyway? And so, you know, some, some, <laughs> some Protestants are just like, no, like you're, you're giving in to Catholics. It's like, so, you know, they're, and they're, they're, they understand their purpose and call so clearly. They understand their mission so clearly that just like what we were talking about earlier, they're going to be obedient to that, even if some people don't believe in them. Yes. And they're going to make believers. And I remember being at Royal Albert Hall for one of their conferences, and Nikki Gumbel said, you know, there have been times in my own life where I've talked poorly about other traditions and denominations. I stood in my self-righteousness and judged or condemned or made a snide remark or was sarcastic or... And that brings disunity to the body of Christ. Wow. And in front of all of you, I want to repent. <laughs> and he got on his knees and he asked the whole 6,000 people from all over the world, from all kinds of different traditions, for forgiveness for the times that he didn't honor our differences and trust in God and instead chose to condemn and judge. And he said, if any of you have ever done that and you feel convicted to ask for forgiveness, then I invite you to join me. And the whole 6,000 people fell on their knees and asked for forgiveness. It was so beautiful. That's it wasn't, it, well, that's leadership. It wasn't denying our differences, but it's like, let's rise above our differences and let's, recognize the things we have in common and work together. And they were so committed to that vision of unity within the church. And they continue to be, even though they have haters and naysayers, they're making a lot of believers out of people as we try to focus on Jesus. It's just so fun. It doesn't make us less Catholic. It's like, come on people. And so I love that they're doing this because what I've learned from you and all that is no, some of these words, make a huge difference in our, you know, Chinese culture. And so, you know, you might have been able to work that out on the English side, but on the, on the Chinese side, it's problematic. That's what you're saying, isn't yeah. it? Yes, yes, yes. And then, but I, and, and I think we all know, or as we do more alphas, we also know the power of alpha. Uh, it's really the, 
happy is the listening, the conversation, the belonging, mm. and for the participant to feel heard, and through that feel loved, feel mm. belonged, and hence begin to open their heart. And as actually that's leadership is Christian showing what it's like. So mm. yes, as much as all these are uh, in very important ingredients, um, it is really um, a stimulus to have a conversation. So mm. it's allowing it, the participant, whoever is non-Catholic in our sense, to feel safe. Mm. And I think that's something that we've really, and we continue to dive deeper and deeper into creating safe. And it's so easy to say, you know, we're safe, non-judgmental, but creating safe, safe. Right. <laughs> it is easy to say. And yet, if people don't feel that and don't experience that, then we might say it, we might think it. But if that's not their experience, then there's a gap and we need to close that gap. And, and Alpha is a great tool as a church to close that gap, to provide those spaces and places, those platforms for people to be heard and to grow in trust so that they can grow in curiosity and openness and then hopefully experience an encounter that leads to discipleships. Beautiful. And so why are you guys getting involved and how do you see this as a tool in terms of the purpose and the mission God's given you? I think, um, you know, you were talking about passion earlier on and I think passion is illogical. I don't think anybody can explain why they're passionate about something. You can probably trace back to the roots of how it happened, but why did someone, why did mm -hmm. God give me that passion? Why did God give you that passion? I don't know. Maybe you don't know too, but it is in your heart. And, and it's evident that it was in our hearts that there was a passion to help churches come alive again. Um, mm -hmm. We often ask our, ourselves our questions, you know, yes, we, we love evangelization. We love bringing people to Alpha. We love all this. But our real, our real passion, if you talk about passion and purpose, is to help this, these Catholic churches, our Catholic churches, mm -hmm. to come alive because we have so much more capacity to, to reach out to the world, to embrace the people that are in our neighbourhood. Um, you know, I was just on um, a talk this, these few weeks on missional hospitality and about how how we're, we don't have to go to missionary, we don't, we don't have to be missionaries to, to go to a far off place in Africa to be a missionary anymore. We are missionaries now in our society, in our neighbours, in our neighbourhood. Um, and that mission is here. It's not elsewhere. It's here. Mm. And so what can we do as a church to, to participate in that and through that grow? Like I, I talk about growth before and I talk about growth now because I see so many people, you know, including ourselves when we first began, sitting in these pews. Yes, we love God and we, we have this great relationship with Jesus and we, we foster that and we center ourselves on that. But what else are we doing about it? Like, you know, and, and it, it bothers me. It bothers me to go, we're just coming here to pray and then what? Um, and, and it's that notion of we can be so much better and we have to challenge ourselves to be better. Each parish, each leader, each uh, parishioner, um, each community member needs to challenge them to go, what can I do better in as a Christian, as my identity in God, as God's daughter, favoured daughter, yeah. as God's um, friend, as Jesus' disciple, what can I do better um, and, not, and not be content at, oh, yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. 
Jacinta, as you share that, I, I hope everybody will just rewind this little sharing that Jacinta did. That is the heart of an apostle. What you shared and how you shared it <laughs> just articulated the heart of every every apostle listening right now is like dancing around their computer screen. They're so excited to hear, <laughs> hear you guys because that's and that's why we need apostles in our ministries and on our teams and in our churches. We need to unleash it because both of you just express all the time this heart for more bigger impact and that and and willing to take risks and willing to pioneer like you guys are the quintessential example of the charism of apostle evangelists and wanting to bring people with you it's just so beautiful when i hear you talk because uh, i can see it so clearly and it's just really cool. So I want people to be aware of that. Um, Carlos, what's the dream then with this alpha in a Catholic context? What's the dream is that, you know, you guys gonna do a really good job of doing it at your church? Is that the dream? Like, what's the dream? Our dream definitely, you know, yes, on one hand, the dream is to reach thousands of Chinese people in Australia, thousands. Um, and I think we scare our, scare our team, you know, we, um, you know, we declare like alpha 50, alpha hundred, you know, we talk about our community at 200. We're going to know we're going to be 1000. Um, <laughs> so part of that dream is our own growth that that's one dream, mm -hmm. but we are not growing just for that our own, yeah. for our sake to be a bigger church. One is growing ourselves to touch more lives in, in Melbourne that we can touch, but it's also so that on our hearts, Jacinta and I, our heart is to travel to different communities and to support and, and to support and help them mm -hmm. to be to, to help them to go onto this journey together. Yeah. That's our bigger dream, and that that that's our, our different way of articulating how to have a church that's alive. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way. We know that it's going to be radical. Actually, we were just talking to Jacinta earlier about um, this concept. She was saying that it's, it's interesting. We're talking about if we create a space for non-Catholics, we talk about Alpha, in, invite the unchurched. Mm. If we create a space that the Catholics feel comfortable when they arrive, mm -hmm. you've created the wrong space. <laughs> I'll do that again. <laughs> so if we create an alpha dinner, alpha party, alpha launch, alpha whatever, what does it mean, alpha? If you create an event to invite, to be hospitable, and all the Catholics come in and feel comfortable, wrong space. Amen. And look, that's that's radical because that's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, I think part of our excitement and, and mission, we feel, is to bring about a truly a transformation yes it's the transformation in a parish and that transformation begins with transformation of lives mm. and we know that that transformation of lives actually begins with transformation of leadership correct and what's transformation of leadership is people going leaders are growers leaders are learners leaders fell forward actually it's having our church filled with leaders um that's probably what um, you know, get me excited. Yeah. Anything to add, Jacinta? No, I think I think um, we often ask God, you know, what is that mission and purpose for us? And in fact, I'll share with you. We have a dream board up in our house, and 
And the first time that Carlos decided to put a picture up, he put a burning church on on the on the board. And I was like, "What are you putting there? On? You're going what to hell!" Church on fire because that is a church on fire, and it's like, ah, oh, I get it, a church on fire, very literal. But it, it, it you know, that image is is stuck in our head. You know, a church on fire. What does that mean? Um, and we often, you know, reflect back on that. I'm doing some work with uh, a bishop in Ontario, and that's his vision that his diocese would be on fire with his love. And it, and it just, it just, it's like, oh my gosh, that's just so compelling. You know, it's just such a rally cry. What a great image to have on your dream board. I love that you have a dream board. Now I'm going to go make one so <laughs> with my wife. <laughs> like, oh, we need a dream board. That is so fun. Guys, if there are people listening to you today in my community that are like, oh my gosh, you guys get us. Like these, these diocesan parishes, they're great and everything else, but they don't get us. And they're saying, I wonder if, if Carlos and Jacinta would talk to me. Is that something you'd be open to if, if they're, whether they're Chinese or any other migrant parish, would you be open to talking with them and encouraging them? Absolutely. I mean, Ron, you speak, literally speaking our heart and our mission, um, our dream. Um, we would love to. We'd love How to would go, they get in touch? Know? We would even come and visit you. Right. How would they get <laughs> right. in touch? Let us know your address. <laughs> um, yes, because we believe, you know, one thing that we really held on to is coals needs to stay together to be hot. Um, you're, you can be you can be a burning coal by itself, but if you don't connect, if you don't share, if you don't even um, get together and huddle together through whatever you're going through, pain, joys, celebrations, I don't know what, but whatever it is that we share, that fire burns brighter and bigger um, and it can only do so if we huddle together as well. And then definitely like encourage then, Moran, if there are listeners or parishes like that, so as it's just into that, that analogy of the whole, the coal sticking together. If you're a coal that's far away and you've got no coal around you to keep you warm, you're going to go cold. Mm. Um, we know we go camping. If, if, if you put the coals next to each other, you wake up in the morning, they are still warm. Yeah. So absolutely, we'd love to uh, connect awesome. so that's that awesome. to keep more coals burning. Yes. Well, listen, you guys, if you're listening to that, get, go to ronhuntley.ca, send me a note and I'll connect you guys. I'm just so grateful for, again, you're rediscovering your mission and purpose that leads to passion. I get so passionate every time I meet with you guys. I love you to death. You inspire me. You fill my passion bucket. And thank you for the great work that you continue to be faithful to. You continue to be faithful to the call that God's put on your life, despite difficulties, despite struggles, despite sometimes people not believing in you, you believe in God and he believes in you. And together you continue to do things that don't make sense. And I'm so excited to watch how he continues to bless you while you bless others. Oh, thank you, Ron. It's thank truly you, been a privilege and honor. Um, and just, you know, we're grateful for this opportunity to share with you and also share with others. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us on this conversation. I hope it's been helpful to you. And again, wherever you are, whatever your position, whether you're a company or whether in, in the church, whether you're clergy, whether you're a lay person, whether you're older, whether you're younger, I want you to know that you matter, that your life has purpose and meaning. You were made for mission. And as you discover that, as you find people that can see the best in you, speak the best in you and draw the best out in you, your life will have more meaning and purpose than ever before. It's not found in comforts. Our happiness is found in purpose. And so don't stop 
seeking that purpose that God has for your life. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.